Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route to the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Monday through Friday, anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food producers and food consumers. And I'm fresh off of my trip to where more than one third of the U.S. consumers live within a radius of 300 miles. And I'm standing watching the bread gilt sale take place at the Pennsylvania Farm Show last Friday. And I look to my right, and all of a sudden, I see this familiar face that I've never met. But he, I see him virtually every Wednesday walking up to me to buy a bread gilt. And that happened to be J.C. Cole from New Jersey. Did you get your bread gilt home? <laughs> uh, I'm still planning on it. Yes. <laughs> the sale's I over, J.C., if you didn't get her bought. It's the last bread gilt available in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least, at, at least this year. Yeah, yes. no, I'm pretty sure you can find one pretty quick. I'm, I could probably have you one delivered by nightfall. Yes. So I did show up at the uh, Pennsylvania State Farm Show, and there were um, some beautiful animals. I was, I was surprised. You seem to be most shocked that they were clean. <laughs> well, that part's true. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been. I took some pictures, and I'm showing it to my goats. To you know, that they have to stay clean. <laughs> well, you you saw the other part of that. You walk around with a brush in your hand at all times, and if some little soiling happens, you brush it off. Right, right. I mean, it was. Uh, I think. Uh, I think it's better to just set up a barber shop at the at the animal shows, and you'd make a lot of money. Um, no oh no i should have given you that dissertation when we got our cup of coffee from those wonderful people in the cattle barn oh yeah i yeah. should have shown you while we were there the length that these people go to to keep that hair looking at there is no barber in america that can compete with the cattle clipper yeah i was watching i was watching some of that grooming going on it was amazing and then we saw that one Angus uh, bull. My goodness. Yeah. It was 1,000, no, 2,100 pounds going to 2,700 pounds. It's just simply stunning. Yeah. I, uh, I should We should have checked to see how that bull did. I wonder if I can find the Angus results while we're on the air. I'll, I'll try to find those before we get done and see how he actually did. My understanding was that he wasn't for sale, though. Um, but that uh, no, but he was in a show, so he was going to exhibit. Yeah, he was already a grand champion and a couple others. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, I don't want to dwell on this, but it's not only the grooming at the show. Most of those animals, they are uh, bathed and used with conditioner on a daily basis for minimum two months and possibly six months and possibly every day of their life before they go to that. It's the most time consuming endeavor you could ever be a part of JC. Yeah. You could tell that um, uh, many of those uh, people really care for their animals. What else did you take home in terms of knowledge from the Pennsylvania farm show? Uh, they made a very big butter statue. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think I've seen butter that big. If you recall, it was over six feet tall. 
I recall that it was a thousand pounds of butter, and I was thinking how many biscuits I could smother in butter with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, one day we may need that butter. <laughs> right. Um. Well, guess what? No, that's a 2020. Never mind. That's a 2020, not the 2023 uh, Angus show at the Pennsylvania Farm Show. So if you're, it was if you're really hooked on these, the National Western is taking place this week. I'll be in Denver at the National Western this weekend. I uh, I had my animal show for the, uh, the lunch. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it was good to see how many products are made, agricultural products are made in Pennsylvania, and uh, the quality. If you remember the uh, the beekeeping lady who showed us all those different levels of honey. Um, and so we stand a chance. We we and a, especially Pennsylvania because it's such a big state um, relative to the east, and and of course uh, strategically located. You know, you have Philadelphia and New York not far away. So we we stand a good chance to uh, create some um, a good amount of food. So Orna, you're speaking of, is actually my guest today on Trent on the Loose. She was one ah. of the five judges for the honey competition. And bees are a pretty incredible creature. You know what she I'm said is her number one cause of death of a bee? Watching CNN? <laughs> <laughs> actually, very similar. <laughs> Their wings wear out flying. Oh. <laughs> yeah yeah you know and i also oh, thought about this and i i did not put this in context until this morning when i was writing my column because even though you encouraged me to last night i didn't get it done uh so all of the fairs all of the events that i go to they celebrate food i mean that's that's, that's pretty much a given fair food is one of the drivers to get people to any state fair but I didn't think about it until the, today. There were no um, like commercial food vendors. All of the food in Pennsylvania that was available for sale, we even saw some some Dutch families making amazing pierogies, and all of the food was had a direct tie to Pennsylvania agriculture. Yeah, yeah, which is great, um, very good, and of course, you know, with bees. We, we've got to we've got to protect the bees um, uh, that uh, you know we're using there's a there's a combination of things that we're doing that are killing bees I think one will be frequency and um, and then the other one is uh, the nic um, was it uh, uh, nicotine based um, um, uh, chemicals. Chem chemical, chemicals chemical applications. Right. Yeah. There, there's another thing that Orna and I talked about because she's into this bee thing pretty heavily, and we didn't talk about this on the air. But in in, in the animal agricultural world, <clears throat> there is a real biosecurity. It's funny that we mentioned this now that we come home from Pennsylvania Farm Show where all these animals co-mingle. But in everyday animal production, you work hard at not you work you work hard at keeping your biosecurity in place. You don't introduce outside animals at all or any more often than you have to. Right. 
Since the invention of the commercial bee business, you have beekeepers in Florida, beekeepers in North Dakota, beekeepers all across this country that converge on places like California almond orchards, uh, orchards where they bring all their bees together and they co-mingle and do all their birds and the bee stuff, and then they take them back. So from a biosecurity standpoint, and that's been a change. It used to be that the almond orchards in California had their own bees. Now they rely on somebody to come in and custom pollinate. And it creates a set of problems that I don't know that they really anticipated. Yeah, I agree. And and again, this is this economics of scale <coughs> models that we're using, which we have to get away from. We, we, we have to go back to local um, uh, the, the development on, on almost everything. Yeah. You know, and then the... so here, here's part of that, which I agree with you 100%. But you and I have been banging this drum in this venue, maybe separately, we've been doing it longer for two years. Yeah. And there are people that are like, Yeah, Trent and JC been talking about this. You need your local supply of eggs, or you need your local eggs, might be a bad example because it's happening now. You need your local food to supply all of this, and it's still no different than it was. So they get lulled into thinking that, yeah, it's just hype. It's not hype. Well, 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 part of this is us being human. And we have this incredible, there's a there's actually a TED talk on it, that we have this incredible ability as humans to ignore danger until it happens. You know, and so you and I, we've been saying, look, the, you know, uh, food production is collapsing. Um, food security we don't have. Um, we have to change this, but, um, you know, uh, the majority of people won't react until they have no food you know, and, and you, you touched on eggs and, you know, there's, there looks like there's a, a specific attack on eggs. Uh, there was a report that, um, what was it? Eggs are at, a at, uh, the most uh, expensive they've ever been. And if you think about the egg as the easiest to grow least expensive protein, animal protein, and we need animal protein, right? Um, this is an indication that somebody is attacking it, okay? Eggs rationed at grocery stores, prices at record highs is, is the article. I'm attacking the clock. Roll route, more J.C. Cole after this. I just want to take this opportunity and say thank you to our nation's veterans, those individuals that made the sacrifice that we can enjoy a free United States of America, a representative republic. The rest, my friends, is up to us. Thewallofhonor.org. Thewallofhonor.org. Check it out today. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside J.C. Cole. Uh, coming to us from New Jersey. Apparently, he didn't hang around in Pennsylvania. He went back to New Jersey like a boomerang. All right, so let's just dig a little deeper into this egg thing because we know that the USDA in the past 12 months has euthanized 51 million birds. That's just in the United States. You can talk to Andrew. They're doing the same thing in the UK. So while we have rationing eggs taking place, uh, limited supply, $6.50 a dozen. You can look at all of the trends. Let's just take Colorado, for example, because they're the new poster child on what not to do. They now have, as of January 1, 2023, a new law saying you can't sell an egg unless it comes from a cage-free chicken. Now, 
Colorado has said we're not going to enforce that in 2023. We're going to give people a, a time of transition. But we're putting limits on the production type of eggs at a time when people are deficient in eggs. Who, this makes sense to who? And and let's just carry, carry that a little bit uh, along. They're claiming that there's this bird flu. Now, I would think that there probably is a bird flu, but I see a lot of natural birds flying around, and I haven't found any dead birds on my farm. So, except for a chicken that the fox got, but that's beside the point. That, but but uh, they're using this PCR test that has uh, up to a 90% false, uh, false positive, and then if they find one positive, they eliminate the, the entire flock. And so, so again, it almost looks like the same. Um, uh, how, how would we say um, um, uh, theory is being used that we have this killer disease um, that really doesn't seem to kill anybody, but we have to exterminate everybody, uh, exterminate the whole flock. It, it looks like it's the same ploy. Yeah, uh, I actually. So I did talk to somebody in the Department of Agriculture in Pennsylvania on Friday about this very topic because I expressed my concern and doubt that the USDA was very diligent in this. He did confirm for me that a lot of the primary work is done at the state lab by the state veterinarian. The DNA sequence is determined before the USDA gets involved. And this all happens like in a matter of 24 hours. What he did agree with and express the same hesitation as you and I talk about is that the path of controlling this, which is extermination of the entire flock, is fundamentally flawed. Mm -hmm. So how do you create natural immunity if you killed the whole, the whole flock? Right now, now there's some other things that, uh, as we know, the dominoes can start falling. Well, and, and I, and, you know, I, I'm a real estate developer. I came back and I said, oh, my, if we don't have small farms, we're, we're in, not going to make it. And so I identified that the egg was the easiest protein and, and uh, most useful. So I started to focus on that. I was shocked to find out the majority of farmers here that have, have chickens and sell uh, farm eggs do not hatch their own chicks. They buy them from a micro business of incubators. And so here in New Jersey, we either buy it from Pennsylvania in Quakertown or someplace in Ohio. Well, Ohio is a thousand miles away, right? And they, they literally, you buy your chicks, uh, you put in your order um, like a month or two beforehand they, and they when they incubate and hatch, they get put in a box and they have one time, uh, one day delivery. Because in a commercial will... plane, by the way. Right. In a commercial plane. And you go to the, you go to the post office box and you pick up a box of a few hundred chicks all cheaping away. It's, it, it's actually quite interesting. But so I looked into it and found out that the <clears throat> the hatchery in Ohio gets their fertilized eggs from Arkansas. And you go, there it is again. There is this this, this uh, huge uh, supply chain. And now if they started to 
clamp down on bird flu, they're going to say, you are not allowed to bring a bird from another state. Mm -hmm. Right. And, I, and so I, 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 I'm not talking about birds. I'll just talk about pigs and cattle because I do this with regularity. It is tougher than ever. You, the hoops you have to drive through to get an animal into another state right now is almost a barrier to even doing it. It's intended. Right. And, and this is our, this is on our food production. And, and people are just not waking up that the entire food production system is under attack. You know, in, in, in the U S they're taking carbon dioxide out in, in uh, Europe, they're taking nitrogen out. Um, and, and of course, if we look at the, 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 the bigger picture, the entire commercial system runs on cash, on money. And we're seeing that the, uh, the world uh, financial system is starting to implode, right? Some of the uh, articles, the present fiat monetary system is breaking down. We don't have a fail safe when it breaks down. We don't have something to back it up, right? And and you're just getting things like, what is it? Uh, 2023 spells big trouble for the U.S. economy. Majority of large banks warn. Oh, what happens when uh, the cash, uh, when you get a credit uh, crisis and you don't have cash in the system? It's it's the blood of of the commercial system. And And as we have spoken, Right. Most people are unaware of the terms of their banking and investment. BlackRock suspends uh, withdrawals of three point five billion in the UK property market. In other words. The investors thought that they could get their money out when they wanted to. But management said no. And and even more so, we talked on that they changed the laws that when you deposit money in the bank, it's no longer your property, and 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 Americans don't know that, and and so uh, there was um there was a crypto company Celsius customers lose control of four point two billion dollars that they deposited in accounts, um uh, as the company went bankrupt, the judge said. That was no longer the property of the customers. They had to get in line in front of the other debtors. Yeah, I think this would be news to like 315 million Americans. Yeah. Or billion. So we actually have a court case that the judge ruled that it's no longer your property. You get in the end of the line. Right? And, 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 and people just don't realize that. So, so unfortunately, this is going to be one very tough year. It looks like this is the year when the fiat currencies break. But that's really hard to say. Well, here's the good news. If you have those hens and you can find a rooster, you don't need to rely on FedEx to deliver your chickens. That part's true. And if you've invested in an incubator, 
right? Which um, actually there's a very good uh, site um, on the, uh, the web called Incubation Warehouse, which has a good supply of different types of incubators. Yeah. And um, up to, I, I would say, don't get the cheap ones, get one for about $200. Um, there's a really cool one that, that works on uh, 12 volt and 110 volt, depending on if you have electricity interruptions. Oh, that would never happen. I don't know what you're talking about. I <laughs> uh, need to take a break. JC Cole alongside. We are making sure you get your ducks in a row. I say that because Mike Smith, my friend from Holdridge, Nebraska, said that he was limited on the um, number of ducklings he could buy this year. It's a challenge everywhere. Back with more. We're all out after this. <laughs> I did a live Kim Munchen show in Denver this morning. I, I, I like it because it's a live color-driven show. And uh, for the gentleman who asked me if the eggs will last 10 days, just, just uh, today, JC said Thomas Paine wrote the common sense protocols on this day. Use common sense at all times. That's the moral of the story. Egg, eggs can be fine for a period of time, not in a refrigerator. But I'm going to put mine in a refrigerator be, so they're between 40 and 140. Or they're not between 40 and 140. That's the magical space for food. It grows bacteria. What in the world am I talking about that for? The wall of honor. Because <laughs> it's fresh on my mind, that's why. Uh, oh, what was that? The Wall of Honor. Focus, Trent. Focus. The Wall of Honor pays tribute and focuses on those individuals who've gotten us to this point. They did their part. Now it's our turn. Our turn to be a part of the solution. TheWallOfHonor.org. Check it out today. Let's get one of these monitors in every public establishment in the listing area. Whatever that may be. TheWallOfHonor.org. Check it out. And maybe, maybe send 20 bucks and say thank you. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside J.C. Cole. He's joining us from New Jersey. I'm feeling, you know, I'm reluctant to fly. said that I was never going to fly again, and yet I've flown three more times since I said I wasn't. And J.C., during the break, I got a, I made a really good friend flying home from Charlotte, by the way. My flight attendant who, who on this flight from Charlotte to Omaha migrated to the United States from Czechoslovakia. She literally sat down with me. We had a discussion about the issues of the day. She would fit into our conversations. Any, I might pull that off, actually. I might get her to join us, but just got a text from her that uh, all flights, and I don't know if it's the U.S. or the world, but for sure the U.S. are grounded at the moment because there's a glitch in the FFA, F, FFA not the FFA, the FAA, system which they're reporting has never happened before yeah you know which leads into one of the things that we've been talking about every week when technology fails and that's a biggie now um one did one you, oh you did mention that like three weeks ago once i think or twice <laughs> a week yeah. And we have to prepare for when technology fails. And so so the same thing with the eggs. Boy, if all of a sudden, um, you know, transportation stops, what are we going to do for um, uh, chickens? And, 
You know, it's interesting because I looked into, as an engineer, I have to look into these things. I looked into incubating and I found antique incubators when New Jersey used to be the garden state. And uh, now it's the condominium state. And uh, <laughs> well, they, now they seem to grow easier. <laughs> so one of the big producers of incubators, um, uh, you know, a hundred years ago was a company called Buckeye. Obviously, I guess coming out of Ohio, North and e uh, Northwest Ohio, in fact. And I think they still make um, uh, commercial um, incubators. But, but you can find that they had um, a couple of different variations. They had a very interesting small coffee table incubator, right, that uh, is now quite um, uh, sought after for the antique dealers because it was made out of redwood, and it, mm -hmm. and it can turn into a nice little coffee table. But it worked without electricity because this was in the 1920s when the majority of farms didn't have electricity right so as an engineer i go how'd they get it to work without electricity because you got to keep the temperature about 100 degrees you know plus or minus a degree or two so you have to have a fairly accurate thermostat so i went and i i, I tracked one down and bought it and and looked and figured out how they did it it's fascinating and so they put a they actually put um, a, a kerosene lamp on the outside and they had a uh, adjustable, uh, how do I call it, um, a dampener to either uh, increase the flame or decrease the flame and a water circulation system. And inside they had a combination of metal beams that would expand and contract and adjust the uh the the, um, the dampener hmm. it was fascinating and and of course this is our technology in, uh, from 100 years ago we we're quite smart then well actually yeah you know i mean we talk about when technology you talk about when technology fails all the time and and people are like oh my god it'll be the end of the world we tend to forget that for like 12 or 15 years people survived without electricity maybe maybe 12 or 15,000 years yeah i mean i mean it's not like it it's immediate death to everyone no we've been no, there done that. what what happens is it, it it certainly does hit our economics of scale production absolutely um, but, yeah but uh having having figured out how to get around some of that stuff is rather important do you so, do you like a hot shower? Oh, oh yes. I'm 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 not going into the end of the world as we know it without hot water. Not not me. But I'm I'm just thinking about how many people take for granted a hot shower or a hot bath, and what it takes to make that happen if you don't have electricity. Yes, actually, you know, on my survival courses, I had to. Um, you got a little bit stinky out there for being there for a couple of weeks and i had to bathe in glacier fed streams i hate cold water i hear that's really healthy for you well yes uh yeah i i didn't run that fast ever <laughs> so 
When I went to Eastern Europe, there were very big problems with utilities. I made sure that I always had hot water. I spent 18 years in Eastern Europe, and I only went three days without hot water. Really? Yes, I made sure that I always had hot water. In fact, one time I didn't have any cold water. I only had steaming hot water. That that was a bit of a challenge. Well, given given enough time, you can turn steaming hot water into cold water. That's true. So so uh, yeah, I figured it out, and then I I, I still took uh, my shower. But then it's, I didn't it's, it's just myself. it's the little things that I think about that make life so much more enjoyable that you, you take for granted and hot Absolutely. water would be one of them um your coffee uh your morning coffee ritual yeah except now i have a rocket stove so i'm covered there okay well that's good might take a little longer than just turning my dial on the stove to on <laughs> true but you'll get there yeah, I will get there. I, uh, thank you, Mike Smith. I got that one covered. My rocket. I haven't tried my rocket stove yet. Uh, they're pretty neat. So um, as as people are paying attention, California is getting flooded right now. And as we have talked about numerous times on the show, atmospheric rivers, it's this new phenomenon. We knew these were going to come. This was pulled up by um, uh, Cliff High in the WebBots um at least five years ago maybe a little longer that we'd be getting hit with these things and and they're going to get worse and 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 basically you get dumped on in one day you might get one uh you know anywhere from a half a year of rain um uh, to a year of rain and and to some degree you have to plan for that now there's not a lot you can do you know you're not going to move if you are moving, make sure you don't move next to a river that would flood if it got one year of rain. Um, you know, you, you can plant, you can uh, pick your property better, but still, you know, be prepared for flooding. Um, I, I went out and invested in some good rope. And uh, um, let's and, just let's just hang there a minute, JC, because. You, th- you look at the oldest homes in every community, and they are in an area where there's natural protection, not exposed to the elements. They're in an area where they're not prone to flooding. I mean, you think about every river bottom. People love to build in the river bottom. Why is that a river bottom? Because at some point in time, there was a massive flood there. That's why there's a river bottom. Look at New Orleans. Everybody's living below sea level. Well, what, how wise is that? And I think about this every time I see somebody building a brand new house up on a knob so that they have a fantastic view. And I'm thinking, you know, you're really not a very good pioneer because you wouldn't do that if things that electricity didn't come so easily. And in this case, we're talking about electricity and prevention of flooding. It's just basic common sense. We've lost that. Correct. And, and uh, you know, if you if you look at New Orleans, I. When I went through uh, university in the 1980s in geology, my professor said very clearly, those dikes will fail. We just don't know when. So they're using uh, uh, man-made artificial uh, restraints to control the water and also electricity and pumping stations. Um, How dumb is that? Well, we know how dumb it is. 
right? Because when it breaks, you lose your city. All right? So don't, the moral of the story, don't live in those cities. <laughs> right. So speaking of which, you brought up an interesting comment. Um, you know, we like to look at what happened this week in history. That was of significance. And January the 10th, 1776, Thomas Paine released the pamphlet Common Sense. I actually read that <laughs> this week. Ah, there we go again. We, we, we keep on bumping into commonalities on this. Synchronicity. Right. And, and uh, we're we have a whole society that is lacking common sense. We've been dumbed down to thinking that everything will work and not to be prepared for when it doesn't work. Yeah. So I don't know. It might, it just might be time to prepare. I'm not sure. And now, now January the 9th, 1861, the battle of Fort Sumter. Oh, really? Which, which began the Civil War. Absolutely. The American Civil War. Right. And um, and along those lines, just the day after, was it January the 10th, but 49 B.C. So that goes back a little bit before, um, before the U.S. Um, Julius Caesar defies the Roman Senate and crosses the Rubicon, uttering, the die is cast. And that was signaling the start of a civil war in Rome, which led to his appointment as the Roman dictator of life. And I got to tell you, you know, Trent, we, we are looking at a civil war in this country. Have you got the reports that um, in New Mexico, um, uh, at least six Democratic elected uh, officials have had their houses being fired on randomly um, by really? somebody. Yeah. Roll out. We got to take a break. We will come back and fire one more time today after this. I'm going to talk about taking things for granted. Let's not take for granted the electricity anymore. Reliable energy comes from coal. I'm just here to tell you. In fact, I flew into Pennsylvania last week. I learned at Three Mile Island, the nuclear plant there, it shut down. You know, there was really no issue with any harm. I don't know why it shut down, but it's not generating electricity anymore. Let's, let's use what we can rely on. Coal is a natural resource. It's a God-given resource that we, excuse me, we can convert into electricity. We burn the coal, we capture the energy, we produce electricity. It's basic science. We have the coal. We have the people willing to do that. And Lignite Energy Council does a great job illustrating those people, bringing them front and center in video. Get details about that and how you can see the people behind the scenes that, that bring the lights on. That, at the end of the day, is what really matters. Do you want a cold shower? Lignite.com for full details about those individual folks. Welcome back. Roll out, Trent Loose, alongside J.C. Cole. Just patiently waiting for me to get all my other stuff done today so we can finish our conversation. That I, I'm into pictures, JC. That's an amazing sunrise. I had to go take it. Well, yeah, it is an amazing sunrise, but how'd you get on the horse so fast? <laughs> <laughs> Regulators, saddle up. <laughs> right. right. So this this issue with um 
crossing the Rubicon. I think, you know, Americans don't really understand <clears throat> that under Roman law, you weren't allowed to have the Roman army inside of, of the city. Um, so we would call that posse comitatus. And so Julius Caesar finally violated it and, and, and said, you know, the die is cast because the corruption was so bad. And uh, we've got to be real careful with that. Um, because obviously uh, the corruption is really quite bad in, in the United States. Um, we, we were seeing horrific things. Um, I think out, uh, out in uh, Arizona, yes, specifically, and also uh, with this uh, recent um, denial of the uh, denial of the uh, Supreme Court to hear the Brunson case. I don't think most people know about that yet, but I want to talk about Arizona first because you know what I discovered this week. Um, you know Joe Arpaio, right? You know the name? Yes. Yes. W would you agree that he was possibly the, the most prominent county sheriff? Uh, he, he definitely in the top five. Yeah. And I, I, I call him a constitutional sheriff. I call him somebody that stands up for the truth. We know what I went back this week and looked up. He was beat in his election in 2016 to continue to represent Maricopa County. Do you know who the largest funder was that got him beat? Con George Soros? Yeah, exactly. George Soros intentionally went after him to get him out of his county sheriff's position in 2016. And now I'm thinking about Maricopa County is like the epicenter for all of this election integrity issues. There is no doubt in my mind, I'm not even going to sit here and question it, that Somebody saw this day coming and they knew they had to get the constitutional sheriff out of the way. And Joe Ohio was the casualty. And now look at what's continually happening in Maricopa County. That's right. Yeah, because the sheriff has the highest authority and could go and arrest the people for fraudulent uh, uh, voting. In, in fact, if it was my county, uh, I, I'd be banging on that door of that sheriff's office every single day in Maricopa County until he started doing his job. Yeah. And apparently he's not. And, uh, you know, and, and this is, this is it that, uh, you know, this, uh, this fraud goes all the way to the top and I, and it, it goes right to the uh, Rothschilds. Uh, everybody knows that, uh, Soros is one of the puppets of the Rothschilds. You know, and this is the Kazarian mafia that you keep on hearing about. Mm -hmm. Right? This is all bloodline for control, and and people just go, "Oh no, that's a conspiracy theory." No, it's a conspiracy. It actually happened, <laughs> and 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 I think it's going to be um, shown very very clearly. The evidence will come out, and then of course the woke libtards will go, "Oh no, that's not my." You know, not my candidate. Yes, actually, both sides. Yeah. Uh, Lenin, Lenin said it. The best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. So they captured both sides. Right? Now, now, now something's happening in Congress. It's going to be interesting. I'm not really sure, but it's, it is going to be interesting. Right? And, and um, 
I think uh, I, see. I just have a hard time believing that whole thing wasn't scripted from the get-go, JC. It could have been. It's really hard to tell, you know. Yeah. Again, yeah. you know, they you know, they treat us like mushrooms, keep us in the dark and feed us sanitized horse manure. So here's something you and I haven't spent a lot of time talking about, but you know, we saw the death this week of um diamond or silk. I think it was diamond, right? You're yeah. familiar with diamond and silk. Obviously close with uh, Trump. Um, I don't know. She just died suddenly, which has suddenly become a rage. Uh, Trump continued to tell people to take the jab. I'm going to assume that she was. I'm telling you, I'm making the assumption. doesn't matter. We know that people are dying left and right, died suddenly for no apparent reason other than just some myocarditis issue. And I got a, a text or an email this morning from Granny, a friend of mine, a true patriot in Canada, and she's going to, um, I believe it's like a coffee club, but it's like an organized coffee club. It's not where people show up. And she's now telling me about the people showing up who have been triple jabbed in Canada. And it's working on them and their mental health because they continually ask her, Margaret, how, how did you have information we didn't have? How did you know this was dangerous? It's like, what? And that's what you and I explore every week. How do we get people to recognize this before they put themselves in peril? Yes. Yes, that's true. Uh, and also, um, well, you and I, we, we focus on alternative news and then have to filter through that because some of that's... Um, Right. But I, I sent you an email um, video this morning showing a report on Bill Gates is now pushing to inject livestock with mRNA vaccines. Well, so, I have a bit of bad news for you there. And it's already happened. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm good friends with the person who created the vaccine to make it happen, Dr. Hank Harris from Ames, Iowa. And uh, I, I'm going to get a hold of Hank this week because I just found out this week he's uh, he has had for two years, in fact, mRNA animal vaccines in the commercial space. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that's a roundabout way to uh, if this stuff is poison, if, if it is poison, uh, um, uh, to take out and reduce the human population. So what I'm not clear on, but uh, and this is why I have to have the conversation with him or somebody that would know, if the animal itself has had an MRA gene therapy vaccination, what is in the, that gene therapy that could alter your as a, a residue, so to speak, in the meat or in the milk or in the egg? What what could be carried through? that would have the same type of effect as you taking the vaccine itself. I don't know the answer to that. No, I, I think, uh, I think um, probably very few people do. Well, uh, I'm going to find out if Hank Harris does, cause I'm going to call him today. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're playing with things that have long-term effects. You know, certainly GMOs, 
certainly sugar, certainly artificial sweeteners, certainly, um, oh, um, uh, the hydrogenated uh, corn syrup, right? Um, I, I, and, you know, just take a look from 1980 to now, look at the size of our obesity. You know, 25% of the population is obese. It has to be the food source. And, uh, I'm going to say lifestyle choice is primarily their diet. Yes, but I, I'm looking at it that, uh, you know, that uh, it, it, some form of chemical interaction that's affecting the body. It is. I'm not there yet. And I'll tell you why. Our oldest daughter is 25 years old, a registered dietitian and a university healthcare system. So she sees the worst of the worst, right? And she will call me at least once a week because she just saw another 13-year-old who is dealing with some diabetes issue, acute diabetes, because of 12 to 15 soft drinks a day. Yes. And she'll be sitting there with a parent. Typically, it's a parent, not two parents. And they argue with her that instead of changing their lifestyle and their diet, she should be able to just prescribe a pill that would fix it. Absolutely. I don't know, JC, that there is some chemical reaction that leads to obesity or if they just are lazy, they're just fat and lazy. There's no other way to put it. No, I think it's a combination of everything. I do agree that uh, it's lifestyle, um, um, uh, but uh, that's not the only the only possibility of it. Yeah, uh, not even possibility. I think it, it's all linked in. They know how to um, manipulate us psychologically, um, a psyop, and that they're programming us to um, be dumb and stupid and fat. Right. And, um, and now you see the results. I mean, just do an educational test on students right now um, and compare it to, geez, let's say the 1970s. Yeah. Dumb, stupid, you know, no child left behind. Let's lower the bar so that uh, they, they can roll over it so they don't even have to jump. Um, and 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 the, literally, I think that there's a there is a conspiracy to destroy the United States. And my personal opinion is it goes all the way back to uh, the end of World War Two, which didn't end. It went into a truce, basically. And people are starting to wake up. Did I forward you that Nixon document from 1969? Uh, no, you talked about it, though. I better forward it to you. Yeah. It'll confirm what you suspect. Suspect You're, It will confirm your conspiracy theory. Right. And now it's it's quite big in that, you know, you have the World Economic Forum trying to reset the entire world and get us to eat bugs, own nothing, and be happy, which means we have to be drugged. Right. And and uh, this 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 is quite quite serious at the same time for a uh, population uh, uh, reduction. This is your brain on drugs. Roll yeah. out for JC Cole, Trent Lewis, both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll route. 
Have you been in to see Robert yet at High Plains Cattle Supply? Ask him about the certified Piedmontese system. No, do not. He's not. You know, why isn't he an ambassador? Why doesn't he understand it? There's a tie to Brush, Colorado and all things, right? High Plains Cattle Supply. He'll get you the products that you need to produce high-quality beef. And if you're part of the certified Piedmontese system, you're going to get a premium. We're ready for that premium. I'm just saying calves are ready to roll. Get details about how you can get the calves in the system and get them rolling at LoneCreekCattleCo.com or order beef products at CP.com.